I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-hosts tonight, Rachel Galligan and Pat Ralph. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. People, first things first, we started this a few weeks ago, just so you understand, we're continuing the conversation. Four WNBA games tonight, one of them has not kicked off yet, three games have finished. So far, we have... Lynx lose to the Indiana Fever 59-71. Quick reactions. I'm going to go first, then we're going to toss it over to Rachel, then Pat. First things first, Minnesota just couldn't buy a shot. They Their best quarter was their first quarter, scoring 19 points. After that, they didn't even eclipse 15. I mean, we're scoring halves in Lynx history in, I mean, all season, but I, I, I don't want to look at the stats because it's embarrassing to look back when the last time they did this poor as far as scoring, snaps a seven-game win streak. They were led by Rebecca Brunson, who had a nice game, 13 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists. But the real story to me is Indiana, a team that everyone has talked about, oh, this record doesn't, doesn't show who they are, it doesn't show who they are, and tonight proved that. They get their second win of the season, their first win on an away game. And, I mean, this team is a team that I don't care what their record is, they're not giving up. To me, that says a lot about Pokey Chapman. Rachel, your thoughts? I mean, you, you nailed it on the head when it comes to different shooting percentages and scoring. Um, it, it, this is a trap game. Um, this is uh, this is definitely a trap game. You look at what the Lynx have been doing. Um, you look at kind of the streak they've been on. Uh, you know, I think I said it on the podcast like uh, maybe a week ago. They're not going to be able to just continue the win streak. They're going to get upset at some point. Um, and a lot of times it, it can happen to the lowest team in the league. You know, this, this is just an instance where, man, this is that trap game. Nothing goes your way. Everything goes theirs. Um, and, and it gets you, uh, you know, you don't shoot well, you know, my, Maya was off, you know, she goes three for 15, which, you know, I can't remember the last time we saw that. Um, you know, on the flip side, you know, the fever, as, as you said, you know, they've, they've, they're playing with confidence. They believe they just added Cappy Pondexter, you know, a veteran who's just going to bring in like a nice shot in the arm from just a energy, a presence standpoint. They put up some, some numbers, you know, Vivian's finished with 13, a Chanwell with, with 17. She's been as consistent as um, anyone else on that team this entire year. And then you add Cap- Cappy who, you know, finished the game with 12 and just about tw- 21 minutes of play. So this is a game that, man, I mean, hats off to the fever. This is why we play those games. Uh, that's why, you know, the clock has to be set. The time ticks for 40 minutes and, and you, you have to play the games. And um, they were the tougher team tonight, whether it was from a, you know, a scoring percentage standpoint, but you know, this is a, this was a trap game. Um, and, and these are the things that happened through the course of a season. You know, congrats to the fever uh, for, you know, being able to pull out a win like that. It's their second win of the season. And definitely I would think is going to help give them a ton of confidence. I think I saw a, a quick tweet by Tamika Catchings that was like, all right, you know, our, our new season starts now. And that's got to be the mentality for the fever moving forward. All right. Okay, man, we just beat the defending champs. Um, we can beat anybody. And we've got this new addition to the team. Our rookies are playing well. You know, we're no longer considering ourselves rookies anymore after being halfway through the season. You know, we're, we know, we know what's going on and, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, they're going to be able to pull out a few more throughout the rest of the course of the season. Um, but I don't want to get too far ahead. I'm, I'm curious now. Um, and I know LA hasn't played yet, but uh, the Lynx now get to go home and they're hosting LA on Thursday. 
Um, and I, it's, it's always interesting to see how a championship caliber, caliber team who has kind of this, this slip up like this, or, or a kind of a detrimental loss that really shouldn't have happened in their eyes, how they respond, especially when you're playing uh, the LA Sparks. So for the, for me, this makes that game even more exciting than what it already was. Uh, Pat, give me one second, to, one sentence to describe this game to you. One sentence. Wow. Okay. Well, um, the Lynx, no run on <laughs> the Lynx, uh, did not make shots tonight and the fever were able to, in an interesting stat here, were able to out rebound the Lynx. I think that says a lot. The Lynx, if I may add another sentence, the Lynx do not ever get out rebounded very rarely. They're the best rebounding team in the league to get out rebounded, uh, by the worst team in the league says all you need to know about tonight. Um, and you guys hit all the other points on the head. Perfectly said. Well, well, I'm going to drop one more thing. Well, two things real quick. One, Kelsey Mitchell still having her struggles, shooting three for 14, 0 from 5 for the three-point line. But she adds it in other ways with five assists. She gets nine total points, and she got a few rebounds. The only other thing I want to add, like Rachel was saying, Cappy, she brought that energy. You know, she hasn't been getting a lot of minutes this season, so she could bring that energy. She drops 12 points. Uh, and a few big shots. Pat, yeah. talk to me about your New York. Talk to yeah, me. Yeah, so to tonight, the Liberty, after they got that win uh, on Sunday night in Chicago, to snap that five-game losing streak, they got back right back to their normal ways of losing tonight, lose uh, in a blowout, uh, 77-62 at home to Seattle. Um, you can't even say if you watch the game tonight, the Liberty, it's not even like they played bad. It's just the disparity in talent between Seattle and, and the Liberty was just evident. The Liberty just don't have the playmakers, the talent, the offensive skill, the, the firepower to keep up with Seattle that can just throw Brianna Stewart at you and Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd. And, um, you know, they just can throw – they have so much more they can throw at you. Natasha Howard, um, who we've talked a lot about in this podcast, the Liberty just don't have enough to keep up with them, and that's why they lost tonight. Um, it just goes to show right now how good Seattle is. I mean, this is a team that last year – if you had told me they shot 22% from three, I would have said they lose because that was a team that was so dependent on what it does offensively. But they're such a more balanced team. Uh, you watch it when you see them play. Brianna Stewart has just gotten so much better. Uh, I would say right now, if you told me, if, you know, this is a discussion for another time, but if you would tell me who I'd vote for MVP right now, I'd probably vote for Stewie. Um, she's been outstanding. And the Liberty, I mean, that's the thing. The Storm win by double digits on the road on a night where they don't shoot well from three. It shows that this team is legit. Um, this is a title contender. Um, and the Liberty, it's just, you know, I tweeted this out for them. The problem with them, and I'm writing about this this week, is kind of like why have they been so bad this year? And why have they been struggling? And, you know, one of the problems is they get nothing consistent offensively outside of Tina Charles. She didn't have a great night tonight, but, you know, they don't have enough consistency offense on offense to pick up the slack for her. Um, and she just, she does everything. And um, this is a team that now they're five and 12. They've already matched uh, the loss total they've had last year. Um, they're going to need a miracle at this point. If they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to need teams like Dallas and Atlanta uh, to slip up down the stretch, but I don't foresee that happening. Um, and they're going to need a miracle like they did last year when they won their final 10 games uh, but at that point, they were at 500. Now they're seven games under, and they've dug themselves a hole, and they're in a, a not a great spot. So 
Um, again, they didn't play bad tonight, but they're in a tough spot. Now they've got to go to Washington on Thursday, um, and then they get a Dallas team in the arena at home on Sunday. So uh, not easy for New York. They've got a t- quick turnaround, have to travel to Washington on Thursday, but um, and Seattle just continues to impress uh, night in and night out. Talk to me, Rachel, your thoughts. Can I just say ditto? Yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm just going to say I know why Rachel's saying ditto because she's looking at the list of what we're talking about next. Rachel, take it away. Do your thing. No, Talk no, about no. Liz. You, you, no, you said you were going to challenge me, so I'm, I'm going to stick to it. So um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about the Sky Wings matchup, which, um, you know, final score for that. What was it? I'm trying to pull it up real quick. 108 108.85. 108.85. Yeah. Um, I mean – goodness i I actually predicted that the sky would pull this one off i was way off with that um in my earlier uh, conversation with natasha cloud but you know i the sky is a very they're inconsistent just as just as much as really the liberty probably are um maybe not as inconsistent offensively but um they definitely have their moments they've they've struggled consistently on the defensive uh, defensive end of the floor and i think tonight there was a player on the wings team who <laughs> went 16 for 20 and finished with 37 points 10 rebounds i mean i there's really it would you know what what do you do what what do you do when when you have someone on who's shooting you know 2 foot 3 foot 4 foot shots shooting that well just completely dominant inside um they they could they did not have an answer for her it was brutal um you know they shoot uh the wings shoot 57% from the field and that's because of the shots they were getting they were pounding it inside and and you know just to go along with that Skylar Diggins finishes with 20 you know, Alicia Gray finishes with 10, Azaray Stevens with 12. And so offensively, <laughs> offensively, you know, they're, they're, they were clicking on all cylinders. They got the ball inside where they wanted to go to that really tall player that plays for the wings. And, and you know, she just completely had her way. This guy could not respond. And, uh, you know, defensive end of the floor, you, you can't give up 106 um, or 108. I apologize. Um, and expect to win that game. It's just not going to happen. Um, I, I just want to add to that real quick. I mean, they held it close for the half. I was starting to think, oh, snap, Rachel yeah. knows what she's talking about, <laughs> about the sky pulling off this win. And then the second half, I was like, Rachel knows nothing. No. <laughs> you know, and it's been – and the sky will do that. You know, I think being consistent for 40 minutes um, is a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a difficult thing to do when you've kind of got a young team. Um, where you've got maybe some consistency with some veterans, but you're still struggling in other areas. And that third quarter just, they, they completely came out at half and they, you know, I'm just going to say it, Liz Cambage had her way in that third quarter and mm-hmm. it, it got extremely ugly, very fast. Uh, like you said, you know, they kept it close. They had their, they had their chances to make it a game, but the second half just, it completely got away from, them. they weren't able to get stops um, really in the transition game. Um, you know, from the three point line, you know, I think the wing, the wings were shot a little bit more than usual, uh, but they still hit eight of them. Mm -hmm. Um, They just, you know, the sky dug themselves a hole, but you know, I mean, offensively, they still put up points themselves that, you know, they scored 85 Um, diamond shields, put up 20 Allie Quigley did what Allie Quigley always does, which is she is one of the most uh, consistent offensive threats on the sky team. She, she, you know, finishes with 18 Uh, Vandersloot finishes with 11, but unfortunately, you know, defensive end of the floor, 
Liz Cambage has her way like that. And it's just, you're not going to, you're never going to win that game. So um, I think on a, even, you know, even on the glass, um, Dallas only out rebounded Chicago by five. Right. Um, but you know, they shot so well too, that it was like, man, <laughs> um, especially on the offensive boards, you know, there, there wasn't a ton of them to come back for them, but um, you know, that it wasn't pretty. Um, and, and, and Jamira Faulkner went down, which really added salt to the wound. And, and our thoughts and prayers are with her that, everything's okay. Um, not sure what the status is of that, but you know, just, just a really enough, a really tough night for the Chicago sky. I, I do want to say before I pass it on to yep. Pat, first of all, Rachel props to you. You went 11 minutes talking WNBA without bringing up Liz. I have respect <laughs> for you even more so tonight when she drops that 37 point game, you know, it's, it's hard to not talk about a, such a dominant player. Also Dallas is now up to eight and eight. They tie it up, or they, they go 500 now, and they're a team that we've talked about all these different scenarios. For me, I don't want to see them eke into the playoffs because, for me, they're a team that's going to be on the bad side of exhaustion if they have to play a couple one-and-done games. I think they'd win those games, don't get me wrong, but then to go through that one-and-done series and then another one and then make it to you know a situation where they need to win two out of three or three out of five, uh, that's something that that I just don't want to see because this wing teams this wings team is too exciting. Pat, talk to me about the sky. Well, you know, a lot of what Rachel said is right. You know, this is a team that is fun to watch. Like I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy watching this guy. They have a lot of fun young players. I enjoy watching their backcourt and stuff. Um, but a lot of what she said, the consistency is one. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch offensively. They're going to put up a lot of points. There's no question about that. Uh, what they can do offensively, the scoring and stuff, how they get up and down the floor, like no question about it. It's really figuring out the, the thing that's going to get them to that next level. And we're seeing signs of it with the talent and stuff. It's just the, the question is, um, is what's going to get them to that level of, as you mentioned, and we're alluding to is getting into the playoffs and, and, and getting out of that, the bottom four, uh, is going to be defense and stuff. And you saw tonight, you know, Dallas just, you have Cambage who goes 16 of 20 on 37 points, just having the word. You can't do that and expect to win in this league. Um, so I like this guy. I think they're fun. They're exciting to watch. Um, there's a lot of skill, a lot of talent there. Um, and you can tell they're getting better and they're, and they're getting closer. You can tell this year they've made, definitely have made improvements from last year for sure. So I, 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 they're exciting to watch. And obviously we know about Dallas. Exciting to watch too. Do you guys mind before we jump to our next topic? I wanted to interject real quick with a very interesting quote to come out of the post game press conference tonight from the Liberty Storm game. If you guys don't mind, go for it, my man. Uh, you guys might want to sit down for this one. Uh, <laughs> we're being this is Katie Smith. We're being very repetitive on what we've asked them to do. We were undisciplined and not always on the same page on both ends of the floor. At the end of the day, it's just not a very disciplined basketball team. Uh, I can't put it any better. That's pretty tough words. Um, And uh, the frustration, I mean, if you watch that game tonight, Katie Smith was getting really frustrated. They were even mocking her on the broadcast because she kept uh, clicking her pen on the broadcast. Uh, And um, this team is getting pretty – you can tell things – It's everybody's pretty worn out up in Westchester. I don't know if if anybody who listens to this show also is a Patreon subscriber. If you're not, please do it. Support us for less than a cup of coffee. Um, You can get some awesome exclusive info. But 
if you are, the reason I bring this up is besides the shameless plug, because I have no shame. <laughs> um, the main reason I brought it up was because on my most recent, every week I put out a newsletter, and I do a little letter from the editor, if you will, letter from me. Um, and in my letter this year, uh, or this week, I said, New York is a team that doesn't know they're in a rebuild that has been fighting it. At a certain point, it's time to rip off the Band-Aid. And to me, it's time to rip it off. The reason I chose the Band-Aid expression is because the longer they, they, they play to this idea of that they aren't in a rebuild, the more it hurts. Do not slowly rip off the Band-Aid. It hurts for your fans. Your fans are already hurting. Rip off the Band-Aid. Start focusing on to rebuild a completely new system. I'm calling it They now. got booed. I think it was... I forget what game it was recently, but in the recent home stretch before tonight, it, it wasn't Chicago. Um, it might have been. It might have been Phoenix. I forget what it was, but they got they got booed. They got booed off the floor, and to get booed by the it's it's not good. And uh, I think I'm, I'm writing about that. I said this week for the site, and uh, I think you're on the you're on the right track, Arya. I mean, they are. There's a lot of uh, there's they're trying to play a new style. But I don't think the roster fits the style, and um, I, I think they're going to have a lot of things to address this offseason. Moving on to the last game of the the four game, the the quad games of tonight in the WNBA, the Connecticut Sun taking on the LA Sparks. We could flash back to their first meeting of the season. I'm going to hold off on that real quick, just because there's been a lot of fluidity, and I know early in the season we saw it because Kurt Miller was trying to figure out what was going on with their lineup and, and how we wanted to play it with Shanae coming back and John Quell coming back really late in the preseason. Let me just run through their, their starting lineup, which at first I was thinking, okay, they could do some damage. But as much as I love Rachel Bantam, I think she's going to be a defensive liability going up against the backcourt of LA. We got John Quell Jones, Shanae Agumake, Shakina Strickland, Rachel Bantam, and Jasmine Thomas. Now, I, I, I like the lineup. It, it's a cool lineup. I did see in, in pregame stretching uh, that AT, Alyssa Thomas, the heart, soul, and, and veins of this team <laughs> is stretching, but I believe my understanding is she is not in for this game. Um, Rachel, Pat, who, uh, Pat, I'll let, uh, Rachel, I'll let you go first. Sorry, no, Pat, it's okay. you just spoke. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, d- does Connecticut have a chance? Uh, they're just they're not playing Connecticut basketball right now. They're not playing Kurt Miller Connecticut basketball. They're playing, you know, pre-Kurt Miller basketball right now. Well, I mean, look what just happened between Minnesota and the Fever. I mean, I think to sit there and say, do they have a chance? Uh, of course there's a chance. That's why we play the games. You know, um, anything can happen. Um, someone has an off night. You know, it, 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 it's who knows. Um, at the end of the day, the Connecticut Sun are a talented team. They're well coached. They are facing adversity right now. Um, on the floor, off the floor, uh, you know, there, there's things that they're they're struggling just themselves to kind of figure out. But you know what? You, you never know who who could have a breakout game, who could who could step up. Um, it's still kind of hard to say. It's been so back and forth um, ever since June 22nd. It's been you know a loss, a win, a loss, a win, a loss, a win. So trying to string together some consistency here, at least in the win column, um, has been a challenge um, for a while now. Uh, Honestly, you know, I predict the Sparks will win. The Sparks um, are playing well um, for the most part. I think, you know, they're, they're, they're proving to be one of the top teams in the league. But uh, I think it'll be a good matchup. Uh, two very well-coached teams. Two teams that, let's not forget, Kurt Miller was on that staff with L.A. So 
um, there, there's a really good mutual respect and understanding there between Kurt Miller and Brian Agler. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a really solid basketball game. Um, it'll be really competitive, but at the same time, I, I do, I anticipate the Sparks will probably handle them fairly easily in my opinion. Pat, what do you think? Well, you you hit it right, Rachel. I mean, you can't take this game for granted because like we just talked about, Minnesota tonight lost to Indiana, and there's a good chance that was a trap game because they're looking ahead to Thursday night round three between the Lynx and the Sparks. So um, you never know. Los Angeles, they've, they could be doing the same thing. They're thinking, okay, we got Connecticut coming in. They're on a West Coast swing. We should take care of them, no problem. Get them out of here, and then we can get on the plane and get to Minnesota and get ready for round three this year. Um, they can't do that. So you can't take this team for granted. And yeah, they've been inconsistent, but, uh, even though when they've been in, when they have played well, they play really well. Like their ceiling is really high. Um, you know, obviously if you can have Alyssa Thomas on floor, that makes a difference for me. The sparks, the thing that makes the difference for them is when you get NECA is healthy. Uh, I remember just, you, you saw it when she's out, they're not the same team. Uh, she's their MVP. Um, as as much as I, you know, I, I, I Candace Parker is a great player and stuff. NECA does the little things and stuff, not having her in there. Um, but for Connecticut, this is a huge stretch for them because this is a, a really tough swing. Because not only are they right now on another West Coast swing, which they just did, um, you know, about a, a month ago or so, a couple weeks ago, um, they're doing the West Coast swing as the three best teams in the league right now. I mean, you have to go to Seattle on Sunday. They get pummeled. They go to Los Angeles tonight. And then they've got to get on a plane and go to Phoenix, who also has the best record alongside Seattle right now. So Connecticut right now is – this is sink or swim time. And they better be able to swim. They don't have to yeah. – I'm not saying they've got to win tonight, but they can't get run off the court. Yes, I agree. This is a massive stretch. It's very – I mean, this is a, it's a brutal road swing. The good news is, is there's not really any back-to-backs. There's a little bit of time mm-hmm. in between them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You you said it perfectly. This is a, a big time week, and unfortunately for them, they're they're missing a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Um, so, like you said, sink or swim. Uh, it's going to be very telling, kind of where this team's the, this Connecticut team's um, mentality is at. Just you know, watch watch the way they're playing. Watch um, how they respond. Are they getting chippy with each other? Are they sticking together? Those are things that I think it's important to kind of kind of pay attention to right now. Um, with the sun and kind of how they're feeling, um, how things are going. But, you know, I think it'll be a great matchup nonetheless. Um, and I do, I, I think they've got a chance, not just tonight, but, but against Phoenix as well. Yeah. And, and I'm just looking at this, the records nine and seven right now, they've got this three game road streak in the West coast. They come out of that one and two. I mean, you're a 500 team looking at the second half of the season and you better make a nice push. Cause remember this, we were talking about this earlier in the season. The one and two seed is so, so, so mm-hmm. important to get those buys, be able to rest, especially for a team that's had some some nicks and bangs uh, or whatever the term is. I'm not I'm not one for those, um, but it's important. And it's also very interesting because something that I've gained or I've gotten a lot of criticism for. So I kind of want your guys' takes on this before I uh, even speak to defend myself. Something I've gotten a lot of criticism for is. When talking about Connecticut Sun early on in the season and in the preseason, we talked about mm-hmm. their depth a lot. And I mean a lot. This is a team that has multiple players who come off the bench who could be starting on other teams. So I think a lot of people very quickly, because of their depth, when you have an injury like Alyssa Thomas and you have someone like Courtney Williams missing for personal reasons on day-to-day, 
it's really a situation where a lot of people might stand up and say, well, Aria, you were saying they had, you know, three extra players that could be starting. So, so why is this an issue? Pat, why defend me, defend my honor. <laughs> defend like your position, right? Well, a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Like I, I still stand by that. We have, okay, okay Pat, you can I'm going to go, go for it. Pat. I, I have, a, I, I know where you're coming from and I'm going to, I'll defend you on this. And it's, it goes back to what we saw Last year with uh, our beloved Minnesota Lynx, um, when Lindsey Whale went out with the hand injury, um, you know, Renee Montgomery now with the dream stepped in to the starting lineup. But you know, as you guys know, they were not the same team while Lindsey Whalen was gone. Um, She, you know, Renee is a great player, but Minnesota struggled with her out. Um, They were not the same team that month in the final month of the regular season. Um, and it, it just it threw off the team because R- Renee's role is to come off the bench. That was her role. She was the spark plug, the offensive spark plug, um, you know, who could kind of come in with the second unit, play against the second unit of oppo- of opponents uh, of opposing teams. And this was not her role, so it throws off the whole rotation. It it it, it throws everything off. So to you know, you you change everyone. It changes everyone's role and stuff when someone like a Courtney Williams or you're adjusting to Junquel and Cheney returning and you've got Shakina Strickland going to the bench. You've got Alyssa Thomas there. You're, you're trying to figure out roles. And yes, I know we're getting to the halfway point of the season. So I understand from the other perspective, it's like, shouldn't they have this figured out by now? But you know, when people are out and, and, and it, this is what happens roles, you know, people are not in their normal, um, what they're, you know, they're, you know, their job or their task is for the team and things get thrown off. So I look back to Minnesota is that, you know, when Lindsey Whalen was out, it threw everything for a loop because it just threw the rotations out and everyone was, was out of their normal, what role they played on the team. But uh, I'm curious to hear from Rachel, what you think about that and stuff and what you think if uh, in defending uh, Aria here on this. Well, I think my take on it, you guys are, yeah, everyone's right. Um, not having Alyssa Thomas is, 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 is crucial. I mean, it's, it's brutal to them. Um, and it's just showing how much they miss her uh, and her presence. And then you add Courtney Williams on there and just the dynamic player she is and what she brings to the table. Um, but at the same time you do, you, you kind of have to learn to adjust and respond and players need to step up, you know? Um, and this is a great opportunity with Alyssa Thomas out, Courtney Williams out, um, for, for some people to really step up, you know, um, like you said, we're at the halfway point. There's got to be some, some some way that we can fill the gaps and or find some sort of um, some form of consistency, whether that's offensively, defensively, whatever it is. You, you, you know, a team is constantly reinventing themselves in certain ways throughout the course of a seasons because you are you're dealing with injuries, you're dealing with adversity, things that are that are happening. And so you got to find a way to make it work. And and um, if the bench is as deep as you know you, you're believing that it is, then you got you got to think at some point there's going to be at least a form of consistency in somebody that's stepping up. I don't think we've necessarily seen that quite yet, um, in my opinion. Um, and maybe maybe you know th- this week and this stretch will prove me wrong. But you know there needs to be a little bit more consistency. It's a great opportunity. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be until those two return. Uh, but like you can't just like throw in the towel. And I, I'm not saying that's what they're doing. Uh, but but you know you got to go. You got to figure it out. There, there's got to be some sort of answer, some sort of way to reinvent it. And I know that's what Kurt Miller's trying to do. Uh, we just maybe necessarily haven't seen it from a consistency uh, and a wins and losses standpoint quite yet. Yeah, it's a struggle. Uh, they're just tipping off right now. 
I believe early on in the game, it's going to show a lot. So I, I seriously consider or implore everybody, turn your TVs on, turn your computers on, Chromecast it. Uh, I don't think you can Roku it, but whatever you're doing, this is not a game you want to miss. Maybe after a couple quarters, it might be a game you want to miss, but it's going to be some great basketball. So make sure to tune in. That's all we got for this episode of continuing the conversation on the WNBA Insider Podcast Show. And I really, truly want to thank my ho- my co-hosts, my hosts, you know, Rachel Galligan, Pat Ralph, WNBA Insider Crew. We got you covered for anything you want, WNBA. <laughs> <laughs>